Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm not going to be a prisoner in this building. I'm going to go where the f*** I want to go. And if you happen to be there, oops, like, whatever. So you'll just do it anyway? or Yeah. So okay. that's just okay. what we do. Have a good night. That's all. We won't go to the swim up. Or we might. I don't know. I might be too drunk. So we'll just I figure it out. It. Okay. Like, whatever we feel like, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry um once again I will not inundate you with this many episodes a week ever again I promise I promise but we got to get into Vanderpump Rules this week we have to talk about watch what happens live boy I think did we all come out worse after that some of us did some of us certainly did. Um, let's get into the episode. I mean, we're in Mexico for Sheener's wedding, and it's not great. Allie has walked away from the table. She is so embarrassed by James. And of course, Crustache has a uh, word of wisdom for his friend, right? Um, sometimes the real power is having the power to do something and not doing it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, something that you don't really seem to be familiar with, sir, but okay. James says in a confessional, who is Tom Sandoval right now? Like Uncle Ben from Spider-Man? Like, oh, with great power comes great response. Oh, fuck off. Allie takes her kitten heels right back to their suite with the pull-up or whatever the fuck, walk-up pool, swim-up pool, and the producers ask her in a confessional, like, what do you usually do when conflict happens? And she says, I leave. That screaming that James was doing was not cute. Then we see Schwartz. Tom Schwartz is at Bordeaux, one of the French restaurants on site at the resort. And the hostess asks him, do you have a reservation? Why? I'm not sure. Because literally nobody was at that restaurant. But he was like, yeah, Bubba for two. 
And then she says, I don't understand. Yeah, we don't either, ma'am. It's been like 10 years. We don't know either. The camera pans down to him wearing those surely fungus-ridden slides that he always wears. And he says, oh, you know, it's like my ex-wife. We used to call each other Bubba. It's more like Bub now, you know? Like, oh, here she is. Here, here there's Bubba. I was, I was telling her, like, Bub's more of a platonic version of Bubba. She's, Katie's like, oh, it's already starting. Tom says in a confessional, I just still feel like we're both still Bubba's, you know? No. No. Once the artwork was taken off of that wall, it was over. That was a wrap. I was listening to Danny Pellegrino's interview with Katie, and it's really interesting um, if you guys have not listened to it, but she says, you know, like, we had really good times. If I look back, I think she said that there were more good times than bad, but uh, the thing that's interesting to me is I don't remember ever seeing them have a genuinely enjoyable time together where I'm like, okay, I get why they're a couple. I just can't think of a moment. Every time I try to think about their relationship in my mind's eye, it's like Coors head to the dome for Katie. You know what I mean? So if you guys can remember a genuinely good time that you remember like, oh, they seem in love and happy, like not their wedding, something else. (laughs) Cause even like the lead up to the wedding wasn't good, you know? The fact that Lisa had to do a whole, um, like, she was like, you know, if you guys don't get your shit together, I'm not going to marry you guys. <laughs> the officiant shouldn't be threatening you guys, I don't think. Like, was she wrong? No, but I don't think that's how it works. Anyway, Vladimir the waiter comes out to get the drink order, and Tom says, we're kind of celebrating. Let's get some drinks, a cocktail, a bottle of wine. And Vladimir's like, oh, What's what are you celebrating? An anniversary? You got married? There are many options. And Katie goes, um, kind of the opposite. And Tom goes, well, we're actually getting a divorce. And Vladimir goes, oh, nice. Well, I'll give you time to talk about your celebration. Let me get your water and drinks <laughs> out of here. <laughs> no, thank you. Bye. So they get settled, and Tom's like, oh, I didn't mean for this to be, like, such a romantic place. It just sounded good on the menu, right? And then for whatever reason, he starts singing that Alouette song that we all learned in elementary school. I guess except for Katie, who asked if he made it up. Didn't we all learn that on, like, Recorder? Why were we, why did we all have to learn Recorder? Is there something that we should know about that? You know what I mean? Like, why was I, I would be in my room with that thing, like, hot cross buns, one a penny, two a penny, all day long. I must have, my mom must have wanted to fucking murder me. <laughs> I wonder if I could still play. Anyway. So back to Tom, like, stating, oh, just so you know, this isn't a romantic gesture. Katie says, Tom couldn't romance me while we were married. I don't think he's going to romance me now. So Katie tells Tom, how about we make a toast, right? So Tom's like, sure. They take their drinks. Raise their glasses high. Oh, hey. And Tom says, to getting back on the hedonic treadmill. Sir, Katie says, can we make that a little bit better? To closing our house, as bittersweet as, as that is. And then Tom puts his drink down and goes, hold on a sec. My pants are too tight. I can't keep my phone in here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. To closing our house and all our memories and us. And Tom says... To us maintaining our friendships. But I gotta say, this suit is killing me. Like, it should be illegal to have to wear a suit on vacation. He used to fit me like a glove. Like, fuck. 
I used to be so sexy in this. It used to fit me perfectly. And once again, Katie, who actually looked the fuck good in this scene, by the way. Real good. Real good. Which, kudos to you. We did it, girl. Um, ugh, my heart breaks for Katie. I really had a revelation about Katie over the past week. We'll get into it. So, Tom says... I don't want to ruin the moment because this is so nice, but I felt bad for Brock and Sheena not going to dinner their, you know, dinner with them tonight. Back over to this dinner, which seems like a flop, frankly. James is trying to apologize to Ariana, who kind of blanks him at first. He says, you know, I don't want to disrespect you again. Cold shoulder, right? Lala tries to cut the tension by asking if her nipples are still even in her crop top. And so then James, again, is like, no, can we, can we really hug? And they do, you know. Forgiving queen, right? Back to the Bubba's. Katie is saying, well, now I feel bad because I wasn't trying to steal anyone away from anything. And Tom's like, no, no, no. This is on me because I wanted to come here and, like, celebrate the closing of the house. And by the way, it's funny. Now that we're broken up, I feel like I'm more apt to defend you. Katie was, like, about to take a sip of her wine and was like, what? No, you're not. <laughs> she goes, Brock, who you've known for five minutes pulled the groomsman card on you, you march right over to me to defend his ass. I pulled the wife-husband card. And Tom says, no, you abused the wife-husband card. <sighs> okay, time out here. Time out here. My first thing issue with Tom is him having to mention the fact that he feels bad that he's not doing something with Sheena and Brock. Why do you have to mention that at all? This was something that you planned and now like where he's establishing some way to make her feel bad and to like have the upper hand in the situation already. To me, Tom doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be doing this. He doesn't want to be nice to Katie. He wanted to do the performative thing of being like, oh, we should do this. And like maybe in his mind, he thought this was going to go well, but really he doesn't want to be here. He wants to be partying with his friends. And so what he's going to do is start planting the seed of, oh, I feel bad that I didn't do this other thing and like hang out with these people who you don't fuck with. And now granted, they're here on a vacation specifically for Shana and Brock's wedding. I get that. But Katie's not invited this is not about her like you guys are supposed to be having a moment and a, and a very special like dinner a sign off to your marriage and you know a toast to the future and possibly you guys can be friends and the first thing he mentions is the two people that you really don't fuck with <laughs> why because he knows that you're going to take the bait no offense and like turn this into shit and he'll find a way to get out of this he's a monster because all people are ever going to hear is oh um i was talking about my friendship with you guys and Katie, that bitch, got mad at me and ruined the whole dinner, you know? And nobody's ever going to think, why did you bring them up in the first place? In a moment that was supposed to be about your relationship, you know? So then he says another thing that he knows is going to piss her off by being like, oh, I defend you more, knowing damn well 30 seconds ago, <laughs> like right before they left Mexico, they got into a fight in which she cried and had to hop into an Uber because you didn't defend her. And you have to say, oh, now I'm more apt to defend you. You know she's going to react to that. <laughs> He's sick. He's sick. And now to say, oh, you abused the wife-husband card. Now we're escalating the situation. So now Katie's like, what are you talking about? You abused it? I abused it? Tom says, well, you can't pull it 16 times a day. But Katie says, but you never even did it, though. 
And this is where I was like, oh, ding dong, I'm having a revelation of being in a situation where you're in the hamster wheel, you're talking about the same thing, this thing hurts me, please don't stab me here again. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I hear you, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 rubbing your head, you know, woo, woo, woo. And then they, back to the same old bullshit, three seconds later, like, they didn't even fucking hear you. And all of a sudden, like, you're the bitch who keeps repeating yourself. And now, uh, I'm not just, I'm just not going to do it at all. (laughs) Sick. So shorts can be like, I don't do stuff because you nag me. But the T is, I nag you because you don't do stuff. (laughs) So after she says, you never even did anything, Tom says, are you serious? Come on, I was a great fucking husband. And then in a confessional, and frankly, all over the world, Katie and everyone watching leaned in and goes, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) You got the motherfucking nerve to say that. Tom says... Katie, I'm going to tell you why I didn't do it more often in our marriage. Why I didn't defend you more, right? So, Because Katie was like, when have I asked you to defend my honor and you've actually done it? He doesn't answer that question. And he just says, let me tell you why I didn't do it more. It's because you abused it early on. And then the saddest thing of all. In a confessional, a producer asked Katie, do you ever unpack why Tom couldn't take your side? Katie says, the only thing that I could ever come up with was just that he didn't like me. He might have loved me, but he just didn't like me. And I think she's right. As much as, like, both of them have said recently that, like, there were a lot of good things in their relationship. So, you know, that's for them to say, who are me to judge? Like, they're in it, not me. And so, here's the thing. I have a feeling that Katie was, like, always available to Tom and that's why he like kept her in his pocket do I think he loved her I hope so (laughs) I don't honestly I don't think so and I don't think he liked her either um and that fucking sucks so Katie tells Tom don't gaslight me and he goes oh you love gaslighting your favorite term here we go so we start getting flippant right defensive defensive flippancy Right? So Katie says, well, yeah, that's exactly what you did to me. Tom says, I've watched you gaslight people on a regular basis. Again, no accountability for what he's doing. It's just like, I'm going to put the mirror back in you, in your face. The craziest thing of all is that Tom's life could be so much easier if he just respected this woman. Like, he wouldn't have to have all these headaches and all, you know, oh, she's a monster, she's a monster, as he said on Watch What Happens Live. Like, if you were just respectful to this woman, at least enough to break up with her since you don't really want to be in a relationship with her, um, your life would have been way easier. Both of y'all both of y'all and that's the craziest thing of all like you wanted to continue the cycle of negativity she told you what she wanted over and over and over again and you choose not to do it and by extension your life is worse and more complicated because of it it doesn't make any sense katie starts pointing out examples of how she gaslights or how she's being gaslit right with like brock for example um he asked you to be a groomsman tom And 
you told me. Yeah, Katie, like, I don't really know him that well, but I'll be there for him. So Tom says, you know, I think it's better that we don't talk that much. Like, in this moment in time. (laughs) Why am I here? So Katie goes, so what? You don't want to be friends anymore? Like, do you want to be friends with Brock? And Tom goes, don't slippery slope this. You're being weird. This doesn't happen with any other couple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you think about that on your end? I don't argue with people for no reason. This is such a weird thing. Katie tells him to be real. Well, honestly, the Utah jumped out. She told him to be real, like, a couple times. And Katie says, this is a conversation that we've actually had, though. Like, you've said, I don't really have a bond with Brock, and yet here you are, like... She didn't even know at this point that he was, like, fake trying to marry her to get her to stay at another resort. Like, she has no idea how disrespectful he got. (laughs) So Tom starts berating her and is like, I can't imagine acting like this at somebody else's wedding. But Vladimir comes back and goes, um, excuse me, senorita Bubba? Uh, let me introduce your main course, which is a surf and turf special. They're like, oh, lovely. Tom is, like... Gushing over the food. Oh, this looks so good. Blah, blah, blah. Not even noticing that Katie's silently crying while cutting into her steak. So Tom goes, anyway. No, Bubba, don't be sad. No, 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 Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. No, no, no. Katie says, all these people surrounding you have been great friends to you, but they've all just been awful to me. Tom says that there are only two people who've been awful to you. And Katie goes, Raquel and Sheena, I don't want to hear it anymore. Just save it. Just save it. Tom then says, you were a provocateur. I'm sorry. Katie says, all right. And she gets up and just like, done. So Tom's like, no, no, Katie starts leaving. You're like, you were, you were for some of it. Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh boy. And then truly the funniest thing of all, Vladimir clocked this shit. So he asks, should I take her food? And Tom goes, no, I think she's just going to the bathroom. But he takes it anyway. Like, Vladimir knew what time it was. He knew. Senorita Bubba, vamanos. So back at Sheena's party, Allie comes back. And Sheena invites her to be um, go on the bridesmaid catamaran trip the next afternoon. James, at some point, outs that Lala wasn't going to go on the catamaran. And Sheena's like, what the fuck, dude? There's 20 people coming to this event. To which Lala says, I just want to feel safe. Lala, do you want to get popped, Kent? Lala, who's been threatening to throw people over boats and throw people into the ocean, and I'm going to beat people's asses, and, oh, you don't want to be around me. You're now, I just want to protect my peace. Okay. I want to feel safe. Sheena says in a confessional, what is Raquel going to do to make Lala feel unsafe? I mean... She already stated, you don't have a man, so there's nothing for her to take. Gina gets annoyed with Lala. She leaves, Brock leaves. Then Lala gets mad at James for telling Sheena that she wasn't going to go. So then Lala has to follow after Sheena and Brock. Clearly, this is like a on-the-fly moment, because like they're having to set up cameras. She starts ranting about how this is all James' fault for telling them before she got to tell them and how she wanted the energy to be amazing for Sheena and how she had to break away from a lot of stuff to come here and support, but she's just not great at being in fight mode. Just a lot of excuses, one after the other after the other, over a fucking catamaran trip. Like, what? what is all this for? It, she doesn't want to be here. So Brock says, Katie doesn't want to be here. 
And it just kind of feels like to Sheena, you're taking Katie's side to be with her. Sheena asked, why was Christina at that dinner? It was a wedding event. And Lala says, well, I didn't know. And Sheena says, well, you should have asked me. So in a confessional, Lala says, Sheena keeps saying that she wants to have this drama-free wedding, but I'm trying to give her what she wants. No, you're not. (laughs) And then she says, let's be real. I would rather hang out with my crew than be stuck on a boat at sea with Raquel. And now we said it. Like, for her to act like, oh, she just, girl. She's like, I'm going to go on the boat, but they're going to be screaming bitch overboard and it ain't going to be me. No, and it's not going to be Raquel either. Like, let's be real. So at this point, Katie's back in her room. She texts Christina, I fucking hate him. So Christina goes, oh, like, what happened? She says, he's a dick. Can you meet me in the room? Oh, yeah, I'll be right up. Meanwhile, Tom calls Katie on speakerphone, asks her to come back in the middle of his bites. He's like, let's come back and end this on a positive note. She hangs up on him, fortunately. Christina goes back to the room. What happened? Katie honestly looks very drained. She, she says, it started off really good. But once again, he wants to defend literally everyone. It doesn't matter who it is. No matter who I have an issue with, he sides with them. So Christina says, Katie, I think this should be, you know, maybe a reminder of why. And Katie goes, no, it's a reminder. And then knock on the door. And they're like, what? They both get up. Christina's about to open the door, but Katie stops her before she can look through the peephole. And she goes to Christina, it's Raquel. Christina goes, why is she here? (laughs) So then they slowly open the door. And Raquel's in like a full Coachella gear with the big ass hat and the fucking tan everything. Um, Do you mind if I can come in or we can talk here? They end up letting her in, right? Raquel goes, I won't even sit down because it's only going to take a second. But Sheena asked for me to come over and let you know that because you didn't book a room through the hotel, a preferred room, that you don't have access to the preferred pool. So flashback to them in the lobby when everybody first got there. Sheena asked Raquel and Ariana, um, who's going to be the bridesmaid to tell Katie that she doesn't have access to the preferred area? Ariana's out of there. Not it. And Raquel goes, no, I can't. But apparently she can. Nevertheless, she persists in every aspect of her life, except for the pageant world. Anyway, so she tells Katie, you know, she just doesn't expect you to be around that area whenever we're, like, we're there for, like, all the wedding festivities. Well, Katie just looks over at Christina, and they both laugh. <laughs> but Christina tightens up and goes, sorry. I, I, <laughs> they're like, girl, what, what are you doing? Katie says in a confessional, it's just so rich that Raquel is going to tell me not to do something. The self-awareness is just so lacking all over this place. So Raquel tries to explain, it's literally just like the pool that has a swim-up bar. So Christina asks, well, is it just me? Or like, like am I included in this? Or is it just Katie? Because I felt like I was at the dinner Katie's like, she's just a bitch, dude. <laughs> Raquel says, actually, Sheena doesn't really want you to be around to be blatantly honest. And Christina says, well, I would love to have a conversation with Sheena and would like to hear her out. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what Christina's surprised about, girl. You're a guest of an uninvited guest. Obviously, she doesn't fuck with you. So Katie says, 
But you also don't really need to have that conversation. You don't need to do that. There's like 600 rooms and you're telling me I can't go somewhere? I'm not going to be a prisoner in this building. I'm going to go wherever the fuck I want to go. And if you're going to be there, then whoops, like whatever. So Raquel goes, so you'll just do it anyway? And Katie says, yeah. Christina says, we won't go to the swim ups. But Katie goes, and maybe we will. Maybe we will. So Raquel's like, okay, well, yeah. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Katie calls her a, a fucking dumbass. So at that point, Raquel goes to the bar where everyone is. And Sheena is like, where'd you go? <laughs> so Raquel goes, well, I went to Katie's room. And I was just like, point blank, like, black and white. Like, I don't want there to be any confusion. She was trying so hard not to laugh in her face. And in a confessional, she goes, look, if I'm being honest, me saying to Raquel, you need to let Katie know she's not allowed in the preferred club area was a total joke. But the fact that Raquel actually listened is so savage. And you know what? I'm here for it. So the next day or later, the girls and guys split up so Brock can have his boys day party with the budgie smugglers and the champagne cannon or something. They were on Molly, right? Like, they were on Molly, right? At some point, Crustash tells Brock, bro, I'm so happy for you. And I'm just like feeling so optimistic about any relationship ever, which is like a Molly thing to say. But also, uh, again, rich, rich. Less than 48 hours later, you're going to be having um, his bridesmaid sneaking away off on your wedding day to unbeknownst to everybody else. So, yeah, how optimistic about any relationship ever. Yeah, the one... Okay, you bitch. Brock says something about, I don't know, like being able to go out and look and be an adventurer out in the world because he knows what he's coming home to. And Tom's like, yeah, fuck... Uh, Crustache. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. So the guys really start getting into it, right? And James says in a confessional, look, I consider myself a man of the world. Like, I've lived in London, Visa, you know, I'm, I'm all for different cultures. But but this part right here, like, I've never understood it. Like, let's... The whole smack each other's asses and we're speedos and like, yeah, mate, let's fucking take some Viagras and take... Fuck a couple of kangaroos, Yeah. <laughs> Well, as he's talking, the slow-mo shots of the dudes, like, air-humping. They've all got budgie smoke, speedos with a, a picture of Brock. It appears to be a drag right on their dicks. How they... Who packed a whole fucking champagne gun and a damn crown and a fucking cape for Brock? That was... Sir. <laughs> These people. I feel like um, James has a, a, a deep dislike of Australians that he, for once, doesn't really want to get into, but he keeps dropping hints, and that's very funny for me. Well, everybody's gone. Katie and Christina Kelly are at the preferred pool swimming, and she's like, hey, honestly, I was a little bit nervous uh, giving my name and room number when they asked me, but they let me in, so oh well. <laughs> So Tom takes Crest to have a little one-on-one -on -one scene and he's like pretending to uh, check some girl out at the pool. And he's like, oh, I think I'm in love. Is that Raquel? And of course, Crest Ash is like, oh, well, as a person who knows her body, I can officially say, no, it's not. But anyway, 
then Schwartz goes into this like, gee golly gosh, why does it feel illegal to check girls out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Chris says, dude, Ariana and I check out girls all the time. And like, guys, who fucking cares? And then he says, yeah, like, does that girl look like a cow? And uh, Chris goes, well, do you wish it was? And Tom goes, Schwartz, you know, I can't explain it. She's beautiful, but I just can't. Like, I just can't go there, right? Yeah. Three hours later, uh, the girls trip, at one point, it really wasn't much to report. Um, at one point on the catamaran, Raquel tells... I think Sheena's sister and a bunch of people that I have never seen that, um, you know, Lala was feeling some type of way about her being on the boat. She could have been a bitch and like put her foot down about Lala not being there, but she didn't want to give off the same energy as Lala. How's that working out for you now? Anyway, Lala takes Allie aside to ask how she's feeling from, you know, the whole thing situation with James and Ariana the night before and she says, listen, just based off what I dealt with, you can wake up one day and be like, who the fuck am I? What happened in my life? And I just don't want that to happen to you because I really like you. And I want you to always maintain your power. Allie tells Lala that she really loves James. And Lala says, no, I, I know you do. But last night was relatively tame to, compared to what you could see in the future from him. You have to be able to tune him out and also remember that you're not responsible for the way he acts. And Allie's like, yeah, totally. Lala says in a confessional, you can be the smartest bitch in the world. And when you fall under somebody like James who puts you in this whirlwind of life, when you come out of it, you go, how the fuck did this happen to me? So Lala tells Allie, you have your whole life ahead of you and starts crying and says, I just feel the need to protect you. You seem like you have a heart of gold and I barely even know you. So then Lala says in a confessional, look at Raquel, look at me. When you're in it, all the red flags in the world flying at you are not, you're not going to see them. And you're just like tunnel vision because this person is amazing at creating the illusion. At the day party, Crustash tries to help Schwartz out and says in a confessional, you know, meeting other women, women will help him get over his relationship faster. Like, yeah, you would know, bitch. You would know. So he starts playing wingman, and they meet a girl named Barr. Schwartz is like, yeah, I like your sunglasses, and you have great eyebrows, too. And Chris starts to talk about how Schwartz, like, basically doesn't have any game. But whatever. Um, he's like, you know, he's out of practice. I just think he probably didn't think he was going to have to deal with this again. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. But it's the tide's turn, don't they? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
we get our requisite LVP scene where she's back in Beverly Hills pretending like she gives a shit. Like, she's so emotionally invested in the Toms and Schwartz and Sandys and Greg and their relationship and <laughs> whether Greg knew what he was getting himself into with them and, like, how she wants to help them and just run in there and rescue them. But she also doesn't want to step on Greg's toes. Like, girl, you don't care at all. You don't care about this. Come on. Anyway, the, we get to the night of the all-white welcome dinner, right? So as they're getting ready, James is a pretty good impression of the Australian guys. You know, as he mentions the Viagra again, which, what were they talking about? This, again, is giving Molly conversation. Because, you know, if, if you know, you know. Usually if you take Molly, it, you're beep, beep doesn't really work. So, you know, the Viagra gets it going back in the right direction, if you know what I mean. That's what I heard. So Allie talks about what Lala said, and James goes, what? She compared me to Randall again? So Allie's like, no, she just sat me down and checked on me and goes, fuck, she checked on you. She needs to check on her own life. So James says in a confessional, I don't understand what Lala was doing. Like, warning Allie about what? She was engaged with a fat man for so fucking long. Like, we didn't even see each other anymore. And for her to stick her stick her on the catamaran coming for me like is she doing it from a place of love and she's like yeah you know i i don't know i don't know what to tell you <laughs> she was saying like i just hope you kind of know what you're getting yourself into and he's like uh, lala do you know what you get yourself into like hello <laughs> so listen james says to ally look i know i have my issues but i never loved any more than anybody more than I've loved you. Like, you have a light, and you're so kind, and you have a spark in your butt. And she just stares at him. Like, I, I feel like she has a hard time receiving. <laughs> and I don't know if this is, like, just a thing in her life, or this is specific to James. If it's specific to James, she might want to look inward on that, because she does not seem to like when he uh, says I love you <laughs> to her, <laughs> which is concerning. The white party starts. Oh, Peter's, Peter's there. He tells Schwartz, oh, I had no idea that Katie wasn't invited. And Tom's like, oh, yeah, she's like right over there, though. <laughs> Cut to Lala hugging Christina and Katie, who are both dressed in black, to their dinner, a.k.a. Sheena's unwelcome party. Lala says, I know I'm here for her wedding, but, like, she's got a lot of shit happening for this wedding. The catamaran, the spa day, the dinner, the dinner before the dinner, the rehearsal, the rehearsal that's before the rehearsal. Like, it's a lot of shit. You're in the wedding party, ma'am. You're at a resort. There's literally nothing else for you to do. So do it. When they sit down, they realize that they are sat at the only table that is in a perfect, like, front row seat view of Sheena's poolside, white, all white, girls and gays welcome party. It's crazy. It, <laughs> it looks it looks so psychotic that they're just like, truly, it, it, it's crazy. Katie says, we just picked it out because we thought the menu was good. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Sheena's going to think that I did this despite her, but I didn't. So cut to Sheena. She's talking to a guest, just like making small talk with that person. And she just happens to glance over and goes, oh my God, they did not sit them right there. 
Sarah Kelly goes, yeah, it was a perfect place for them to sit there and make comments. And then she uses her uh, sleeves from her confessional to do this, like, puppet play because she says that Katie and Christina are, like, the two uh, Muppets, the grumpy old men. And, um, you know, honestly, it wasn't too far from what they actually said, but I'm not giving her kudos, okay? But you can watch it. So Christina tells Katie and Lala that she actually had a conversation with Sheena like an hour before they went to dinner. So we see the flashback where Christina's saying, at the end of the day, honestly, you've never really done anything to me. So I just wanted to set that straight because I feel like I've never really said that. And I also feel like I've never given you a chance. Which Sheena's like, thank you, graciously accepts, right? She says... To the girls, I feel like Sheena was maybe holding on to the things that I said about her at her wedding seven years ago. And Katie seems like she does not like that Christina did this. But she says, you know, I feel bad that you felt like you even had to talk to her. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) So then Ariana and Sheena and Brock and that crusty man have a scene together where they mention that, like, Lala's basically being a hypocrite because she told them before they were leaving that... Brock and Sheena, I'm going to go to all the big group events. Don't worry about that. This is the biggest event that they're going to be having for the wedding, aside from the actual ceremony. And now she's with Katie and Christina, or whatever. So, Crestash mentions how Tom and Katie had gotten into a fight at their, what was supposed to be very nice dinner. And Sheena goes, yeah, I want him to make out with someone now. So, they call Tom over, and she asks, are you going to make out with anybody at the wedding? Normal question. And Raquel comes over two seconds later. Oh, can I talk? In a confessional, Ariana goes, I can literally see Raquel's ears perk up at the sound of Schwartz making out with somebody. Like, here she is. Hello. (laughs) So Ariana says to Schwartz, I kind of feel like you really only like to make out with people when you're already married. (laughs) And Raquel mumbles, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Mm. 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 <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Schwartz says to them that the dinner was actually closure. And Ariana goes, but how many more of those do you need? Honestly. So Schwartz says, but she's still my girl. And Sheena goes, no, she's not. She's not. And also, she's not your bubba anymore. She's your ex-wife. She's not your bub. She's not your bubba. You got to stop that. Tom gets a little smart in a confession. He's like, well, I I didn't think somebody would tell me how to think and feel now that, you know, I'm divorced, but I'm kind of feeling attacked. Crush Sash starts getting all hot under his polyester and being like, I don't want Katie at any more of our food tastings or any of that shit. Like, I don't want your ex-wife around, dude. Like, no offense to her. I just don't want her around. And Schwartz has to make it the point, like, um, she's your, your wife's basically a business partner. So how's that going to work? Also, hello, we're on a fucking show. I mean, she doesn't need to be at your tastings, but like, how many tastings are you going to have? How many more? How many more soft openings? Back at the unwelcome party, Schwartz comes creeping up. Like, seriously, hiding in the bushes for what felt like an uncomfortably long time before he comes up on everybody and says, um, you know, like, while Lala's talking about Don, that man with the tattoos that she let fuck her, with the weird ass, uh, don't, what is, whatever ugh, I don't even want to remember what he said it, it was all so creepy and weird but anyway um, she's like talking about how she searches people because there's a lot at stake what I understand does she understand that like she's not the only person to ever 
she's not even married to um, have custody issues with their their baby daddy. Like she's acting like this is some sort of FBI level shit that we just like nobody could possibly understand the gravity of. And listen, I know that there are some pretty fucked up allegations out there, but. I feel like Lala um, puts a lot of weight into her life as though, like, other people don't have these experiences. Anyway, Schwartz tells Christina and Lala, do earmuffs. And they're like, bro, we're in our 30s. Do you want us to go? Because we can get up if you want to have a one-on-one conversation. And Katie goes, Tom, just ask me in front of them. So Tom says, well... You know, we used to have this thing where I'm, like, insecure about how long my armpit hair is. So, she used to trim it for me. And Lala goes, do you want her to do that? And Katie says, I'm not doing that. And he goes, why? Tom says in a confessional, well, maybe I'm, like, a little bit clingy. And it's starting, I need to start having some self-empowerment. Bro, she walked out on a dinner from you. And you want her... I mean, the audacity of this man. The audacity of this man. But Katie goes, why don't you ask Brock to trim your armpit hair since he's your fucking best friend. You see each other three times a year. So maybe he can do that one of those three times. The town goes, okay, I guess I'll just do it myself. Yeah, I guess so. Like, (laughs) what? So he walks away from the table and they're like, what the fuck was that? Katie goes, he's just drunk and he's in pest mode. Like, I've been here before, right? Lala says... Tom has a tendency to be mean to you and then he goes right into puppy dog mode and then like everybody feels bad for him and Katie goes yeah and nobody feels bad for me not one person Lala says but you're never gonna win those people over and Katie says well unfortunately for Tom he tries to take it a step further and make me feel bad about things so at the welcome party Raquel goes to Tom they go over to this table and he's like, oh, are you seducing me? She goes, oh, I do you feel seduced? Brock, from the other side of the pool, yells, Mike out! Tom says, you know, I'm just so annoyed about what people have done to, like, coerce us to make out. I just kind of want to do it now. In a confessional short says, I feel like I've been a good divorcee. I've been super sweet and supportive. And I don't think it's cool that she's imposing these semi-arbitrary restrictions on what I can and cannot do. I mean, slippery dick. You found it. You found a way. Now she's putting, imposing factions on you. And you just don't feel... All right. So you, in the name of Tom Schwartz writes, I'm going to make out with somebody that you know and work with. Because... I've been very nice to you. Footage not found. And so I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you holding me accountable. So now I'm going to do the one thing that's going to piss you the fuck off most. So, how do you like that? So back to him telling Raquel, oh, you're gorgeous. They both agree. Katie made it such a big thing. Yeah, I think that too. <laughs> 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Good God. Tom's like, are you serious? Like, I, I think I want to make out with you right now. So Raquel says in a confessional, there's a lot of things that attract me to Schwartz. Like, he's so sweet and kind, and I love his sense of humor. You're not going to see a lick of chemistry between us on camera, but that's true. She goes, my attraction for Schwartz definitely outweighs my desire to be friends with Katie. We know, girl. And then they make out. <laughs> The most like milk toast. I mean, nothing. It is giving nothing. Not even giving Lala. It is giving zero. That was the end of the episode. But then, girly pops, if you have not watched this Watch What Happens Live with Tom and Roblo's son, run, don't walk. It was a mess from start to finish. Can I just admit something very stupid? Now that I said it, I feel like I have to, but I don't want to because it actually is embarrassing. I'm so dumb. Excuse me. They kept saying John Owen Lowe, I think is that his name, right? Lowe. John Owen Lowe. You have a famous father with the last name Lowe, right? So in my stupid head, I'm thinking, right. So his dad's name is Rob. So clearly this is Rob Schneider's kid. Why would I think that? And it took me until like 14 minutes into I'm like, oh my God, that is Rob Lowe's child. Why do we keep picturing Rob Schneider? <laughs> he doesn't even, he looks just like Rob Lowe. I'm very stupid sometimes. This is my admission. So anyway, um, fortunately, Tom Schwartz was even more stupid than me. I mean, from the first bout of questions... The first, like, seven minutes was just like, what the fuck is going on? So he says that he learned about the affair in late August, which he says at the time was a one-night stand, allegedly. I mean, obviously it wasn't, but that's, I guess, the uh, story, that the narrative that he was being fed. This was just like a one-off situation. So for a timeline's perspective, um, he says he found out about this in late August and Sheena got married on August 23rd. So he did not say when it happened the first time. He just said that's when he found out, right? But he says he was not at any point acting as a decoy. So Andy calls uh, Schwartz out for saying at the reunion that he actually found out in January. And Tom says, well... Crust, Sandoval was having a midlife crisis and that's why the one night stand happened, right? And then he says, I guess what happened in the fall is just a lot of gray area. 
but apparently not because it's not it was like a linear thing and that he thought from his point of view after the one night stand he i guess thought it turned into like an emotional affair so it sounds like he thought like they fucked once and then they like took a break possibly and then it, it became like just more emotional right but then tom came to him in january and told him that he was in love and then he says, oh, well, I was flabbergasted, but not surprised. And I think there were a lot of people who knew, and it was an open secret. So Andy asked him to explain, like, the open secret thing. And he says, well, after Sandoval told me that he was in love with Raquel, then he just got, like, really blatant and flagrant. And they were just, like, out here, and people started knowing. But he also said that he was being fed a narrative by Crustash that he had attempted to break up with Ariana multiple times and said that they weren't in a happy or healthy or intimate relationship. Um, I would just like to put my uh, thing hap in here. The I, These people, there have been uh, multiple times this week I have encountered both on uh, other people's social media and mine People being weird as fuck. And, like, clearly, I'm not, like, a person who gets bots. I'm not a person who gets people who are, like, weird conspiracy theorists on my page. Usually. Usually. Like, make no mistake. People will get weird. And it's usually, like, people who find my sister wife's uh, posts randomly. Like, some... Uh, older woman usually just ranting and raving about uh, you know uh, Cody but usually I, I it's very rare that I get like actual people who say things that are like so out of pocket but it's happened on multiple occasions this week and I just want you guys to know like it's so obvious and it's so lame what you're doing let me just get into this comment so this goofball writes, isn't Ariana pushing 40? At what point did she just grow the fuck up? She's honestly off the rails and this story has run its course and to the point of it being pathetic. And then they start tagging people. Was at Tom Sandoval supposed to give up on his future dreams to placate Ariana where she was basically his roommate, blah, blah, blah. And then they tagging Raquel. Um, I mean, horrifically homophobic things are being said. And um, then... They're, he calls Ariana and Katie miserable and Lala Kent uh, pathetic. Bitch, I mean, this is like a clear account of somebody on the inside, I believe, who is like trying to spin this narrative of lame ass shit. And I see right through it. And it's just so blatantly transparent and dumb. I don't even like care to engage with these people really because it's like, girl, come on. Come on, like, give it up. Nobody is going to be on your side. And if these are the only excuses that you can throw to try to make this situation look better, really think about that. Let's unpack that. It's not good. And I understand that there are people who are, like, quote, you know, tired of the story or fatigued, and I get that, but nobody feels like... People who were fatigued by it probably don't feel like Ariana deserved this. Like, that's different. That's very different. People are fucking sick. Anyway, um, what else did Schwartz say? Um, oh, Andy has a very good question of, you know, the fact that Ariana's been a really good friend to you over the years. How could you not tell her? 
And do you think that Tom would have given you the same grace um, that you gave him, given that you were business partners and it could affect your downline, right? So Tom says about his friendship with Ariana that Crestash was placating him. He was dealing with his own problems and Tom was telling him, oh, I've got a game plan. I'm going to break up with her in some kind of way, but he just kept holding off on right. And then he also says that he's more upset with Tom than Raquel because he took advantage of his kindness and put a lot of people in very compromising positions where their integrity was at stake. And to me, it was interesting to watch Schwartz kind of vacillate between protecting Sandoval and being like, oh, you know, we've had vandalism at Schwartz and Sandy's. We've had people in St. Louis, you know, threaten to assault Sandoval or whatever. And, you know, if, if you see him, give him a hug. Even if you don't think he deserves it, give him a hug. Fuck off, <laughs> loser. Fuck right off with that. But yeah, there are also points where he was like kind of sticking it to him and seemed angry and um, resentful of the position that, that Krusty put him in. And I just found that very interesting. I think it would be really great if both of them had like a no contact order with each other for about six months and got into some intense therapy to work out whatever fucked up dynamic they have developed within each other over the past decade plus. I mean, it's getting, not getting weird. It's exceptionally weird. He, Tom also made a lot of mention of how he was like concerned for Sandoval and that he feels like there's weird shit going on. Something that I've been feeling as well. Like this shit isn't really making sense. Um, he used the term midlife crisis, which uh, I don't know. It feels, I don't really love that term. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't love it. It feels like a cop out, but, um, yeah, <laughs> that really doesn't answer the question as to why you weren't a good friend to Ariana. Like, it's not very nice. Then Schwartz says that Tom has ADHD. But Tom has ADHD and became obsessed with Raquel and like how Krusty is notorious for having one singular obsession and says that Raquel was like heroin to him. Like he's addicted and that this is like beyond their relationship. It's in his words, the infatuation of all infatuations and the way he said it and like his body language is like something dark is going on there. Right. He's like, he's lost in the sauce. And Andy asks, like, do you think he still is? And he's like, yeah, I think he is. Then the after show where they're like trying, he's trying to explain away his relationship with Katie and calls her a monster multiple times and says that like, you know, she really was like a monster in the beginning and she would, you know, try to, she would be in beefs with multiple of her good friends over and over and make him pick sides and that it just got to be too much. (laughs) As if there's like a limit to the support that you give your partner. You know, like, well, she, she punched her cards too many times. So, you know, I gave her the free one and that was it. That was it. And what a fun dynamic for Katie to be what, like, (laughs) relatively speaking, these people got married, like what, 30? So she was supposed to live the entirety of her life married to you, (laughs) having 
no um, room for you to defend her. Like, she already used it up before y'all got married, and that's it. So she has no room for error. How great. What a fun dynamic. Now Andy asks the final question of, will they make it? Short says, it'll be a miracle. He says, I know that they care so much about each other, but even in the short time that they've been in love, or whatever you want to call it, it's become toxic. And then he says... And if you add on the entire world thinking they're scumbags, it makes it worse. So what I'm hearing is like, this shit is fucked up within itself. All the rest of us and what's happening on the outside, really, like, it's already fucked up. (laughs) What's going on in their relationship that he's saying they're already fucked up and, and the scandal (laughs) is bad. What's going on? Not good. Not good. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for, uh, if you listen to all these episodes this week, shout out to you. I'm so sorry. I won't do this again. (laughs) So thank you. Have a good weekend.